John the Baptist prepares the way from Luke chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother, Philip, tetrarch of Iturea and Traconitus, and Licinius, tetrarch of Abilene, during high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, Every mountain and hill made low, the crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. This is the word of the Lord. I think we should probably give Tim a round of applause for taking on Trachonitis and (laughs) other things which sound like diseases rather than places. back later. Is that all right, Toby? I want to talk to you um, tonight from those two readings about preparation and partnership. So can you remember P? Yeah, P for pool, P for partnership, P for preparation. We are um, in the season of Advent, aren't we? Two candles look very burnt down on this side. You can tell where the draft comes from in the church by which candles burn quickest. And Advent is a season of preparation, being ready, isn't it? One could ask the trick question, when did Advent start? What answers will I get? Advent's very good, very good. Not the 1st of December. Your Advent calendar started then, but Advent Sunday was before that. Very good, thank you very much. And in this season of Advent... We're thinking about preparing, about being ready for when God does something amazing when Jesus returns. That will be even more amazing than Nathaniel arriving here. Even more amazing than that. Nathaniel is coming here as what's called an interim minister. I hope there's a couple of slides which might appear. Yay, partnership and preparation, that's what we said. Preparation. Yes, that's what we're after, isn't it? Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Nathaniel's coming as an interim minister. What is one of those? Anyone know? Anyone know what an interim minister is? Mm, Yeah, well, we can take the two words. Yeah, the two words do work. Yeah. It means that we're looking at a three-year period of trying to achieve something. It's about giving focus. Yeah? Is that okay? Four of you. Okay, well, we've got some work to do. Right, let's, well, let's go back to Luke then. Let's try the Bible. If that's interim ministry is not working, let's try the Bible a bit, see if that works any better. Luke, in this passage, is quoting from Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 40 where he talks about road building. 
Now, I was coming through Shipley on Friday afternoon. I was coming through Shipley Friday afternoon. What a nightmare that was. Roadworks. It was really slow. Nothing was moving. But roadworks are really important because they help you to get to somewhere quickly, which wasn't what was happening in Shipley on Friday afternoon. And it's talking about doing a number of things to make it a good journey. Now, Nathaniel is a cheat cyclist. Yeah? Isn't he? Do you know? He rides a bike, but it's an electric one. I think this makes him a cheat, but very wise. I am a real cyclist, and I don't like the Bradford Hills. I should get myself an electric bike, shouldn't I? We'll have that debate later. But hills really slow you down, and they're hard work. And there are many hills around Bradford. I, you know, they're, they're great to look at, but going up them, it's a different deal altogether. And so he talks about bringing the hills down so it's an easy road. In the days when Isaiah might have been writing that, in those times when ancient great kings came along, they had a forerunner who went ahead of them to clear things out of the road, to make the road go easy, to get rid of the obstacles. And a really good road builder, like the railway builders of the 19th century, built embankments to build things up and built culverts to go through the hills. And that's what he's talking about here. And we think about what that might mean for us. Because, see, the things which we do, which make hills and obstacles for God's work. That's when we fall out with other people. That's when we do things which the Bible calls sin. Those things make obstacles. And what this is about is about getting rid of those obstacles where there's been disagreement, sorting them out. Or we've been in rebellion against God, saying, no, God, I want to go your way. So that's what mountains and hills might be. But like those Victorian railway builders, they also filled in the valleys. Because if you have to go down into the valley, guess what happens at the bottom of it? You've got to come back up, haven't you? And so filling in the valleys, what might that be for us? Well, I like to think that actually that's about the, things, the good things that we can do. The ways in which we live life God's way. The way in which we engage with our neighbors. Those things can fill in the valleys to make an easier way for the Lord to come. The good deeds that we might do. But he also talks about straightening the path. We have a lot, a lot of bends, don't we? You can't see around them, and it takes a bit longer. And sometimes it would be just easier if somebody could just make a straight road. One of the things we want to be doing is to be making a straight and easy way for people to find out about Jesus. But sometimes we make it very complicated, don't we? If we want to be able to give someone an explanation about what it means to be a follower of Jesus... Can we make that simple and easy to understand? That's about making a straight way for the Lord. And it's also about smoothing the path. 
St. Margaret's is quite a good church, but you have got the odd trip hazard down towards the bottom of the aisle, haven't you? Anyone ever fallen over it? Or is it just me? We can make spiritual trip hazards for people that they stumble on the way to find out, find out about Jesus. Let's try and be people who bring down the mountains where we're living our lives in obedience to what God wants, where we're doing the good things that he calls us to do. And in the way in which we talk to other people about our faith, that we make straight paths and smooth paths so that they can come. And that's a lot of what it is to be an interim minister, to do those things. And one of the things that Bishop Toby and I like to do when we start an interim ministry is to tell you what are the different objectives or aims that we've set out for the interim ministry. So sit down, oh you are, okay, and buckle up, I'm going to show you what they are. Are you ready? Right. The first one is about to help establish a sustainable model of lay ministry and associated support and oversight under which the church can flourish and grow. Now, I take my hat off to those of you who the last four years have helped to keep this church growing and thriving in this community. Thank you so much for all that you've done. But you're tired, I know. And what we want to look at is how can we do this sustainably, that this can work for the long haul and not just for the short term. So that's the first one. The second is working with the leadership team of the PCC to continue to develop a sustainable approach to community-facing ministry that engages meaningfully with local concerns. One of the things that St. Margaret's reputation, going back a long way, is about the way in which you've engaged with this community. Now, the pan pandemic has put up, made that much more challenging, but we want to make sure that St. Margaret's continues to be known for that and to do that but again, to be able to do that sustainably, that people aren't getting burnt out. So that's number two. Number three, are these okay so far? Because if you don't want them, it's a bit late. <laughs> to establish appropriate pathways for those engaged in community-facing ministries to have the opportunity to become followers of Jesus and to grow as his disciples. This is about making straight paths and smooth paths that those who get to know about Jesus can find a way to come to follow him. And there's more. Right, we're getting there. Four. To build on the good work already in place for pastoral care and youth and children's ministry and to, develop and to be more robust. When I think of St. Margaret's, I think of youth and children's ministry. And it's great to see you guys here this evening. And please stay with me. I'll, I won't bribe you with hot chocolate stuff, though. I watched that go past and thought, where's mine? You've got your... Did anyone else, anyone else think that? Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully the chocolate is bribing you to stay with me a bit longer. But we want to build on that because you've got some fantastic stuff. And in terms of when we get to talking about partnership, there's some great stuff been going on here for a long while which others can learn from. And then fifthly, helps the Margaret's play an appropriately full part in the life of the deanery, the Episcopal area, and the diocese, and trying particularly to develop and articulate its identity in new and developing relationships with other Anglican churches 
so the church knows what kind of oversight and leadership it will need in the future. Now, to some degree, we're already answering that question with the partnership with Fountains. When we set these, that wasn't there on the table, but that is there on the table now. And that's a key part of exploring over the next three years. How is that working out? Is that the relationship that St. Margaret's wants for the future? And then if we want to do anything about that, then some legal stuff to do. That's much less interesting. The first two are the really interesting ones. Just go back to them. It's about leadership models that are sustainable, and it's about engaging the community in a sustainable way. Those are the two main ones we want to pick up here. So that's what is being prepared for. That's what an interim minister comes to help you with. Is that okay? John's okay with it. He's not part of this church, so he's just the area dean. Is that okay with the rest of you? Right. Let us think about partnership. Anyone play cricket? Just the area dean. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Come on, the, the Dow family are renowned for your sporting prowess. Come on. I haven't identified which two cricketers there are. In some sense, it doesn't matter. But the point of a good cricketing batting partnership is about how you keep each other going, that you're both playing to your strengths, but you're playing together. And that's what one of the things we're hoping for, are the partnership between Fountains and St. Margaret's, that you can be people who build each other up, encourage each other, and together do much better than you could do on your own. And so the first reading that we had from Philippians, thank you, John, for stepping in. You were prepared for that, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Paul is talking in that passage about his relationship with the Philippian church. But I want to think about the relationship between Fountains and St. Margaret's and what we can learn from the way in which Paul and the Philippian church partnered. And the first thing there is about prayer. That Paul starts out that passage by saying how he is praying for the Philippian church. So those of you from Fountains do be praying for St. Margaret's. Those from St. Margaret's do be praying for Fountains. But do it as an informed a way as you can by getting to know each other, by asking those who are involved most closely in this partnership how you can pray for each other and support each other. It's also about shared experience, resources, ideas, and action. And that needs to be a two-way thing. That there's things that Fountains has got as a resource church, newly started, but there's also things that St. Margaret's has got as a long-established church with a track record in this community. And it's about bringing those two things together. It's not about one thinking, well, we're better than you because we've got that, or you're better than us because you've got that. This is about two churches working in partnership recognizing the gifts that each other brings and welcoming them and celebrating them and working out how we can make more of them by being together. So resources and provision, ideas and action, let's be sharing them and recognizing that we both have things to learn from each other. And Paul finishes the passage by talking about overflowing love. 
You see, I think if we've got a great partnership between Fountains and St. Margaret's, that won't just be a blessing to Fountains and we won't just be a blessing to St. Margaret's, but that will overflow. They will flow most immediately into the community of Frisinghall. But it doesn't want to stay there. We have got the area dean of Inner Bradford here. Would you like some of that blessing to overflow into the rest of Inner Bradford? That was just about enthusiastic. Bishop Toby, would you like some of that to overflow into the rest of the Episcopal area? Amen. Much more certain. Thank you. Because when God sees unity between his people, this is what one of the Psalms says, things overflow. How blessed it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity, there God commands his blessing. And we would love to see the overflow of this partnership flowing out from Frisinghall, across Inner Bradford, across the Episcopal area. We wanted to have this kind of relationship between fountains and other churches, thinking about South Bradford as a next thing that we can have that overflow to bless Bradford out of God's people coming together in unity and serving together. And we want to see, does that have an impact? And that impact will be in people like you, thinking back to those things about roadways, and things which are brought down and things which are raised up. But actually, some of that harvest is in the fruit that God will bring in your lives because your lives will be the richer, your journey with God will be the richer because you journey together. But it's also about the impact we can have on this community, the impact we can have on people whose lives are transformed by the love of Jesus. That's what we're after seeing here. That's what Paul was praying for, that there will be an overflow from his prayer for the Philippian church, which would overflow to others. And that's what we're praying for here as well. So this is for you. Whoever you are, you're invited into this adventure with Nathaniel, with the partnership between St. Margaret's and with Fountains, to see what God will do. And I hope you're up for that. You get your chance to reply to a few questions, which we put later, and we'll see if your response is enthusiastic as the area deans or as the bishops. <laughs>